Johannes. Yeah. From uh, from Avatar. So listen, I, I wanted to invite the uh, the one person in the building who I know that is the biggest Avatar fan on the planet. She's our weekend warrior, Jessie, and Jessie is a little bit nervous because she's a she's like a hardcore Avatar fan, man. So Jessie is here with us. I hope you don't mind. Not at all. Hi, Jesse. Hi. <laughs> hey, so uh, first off, congratulations on everything. I know you got the new live album out now, and, uh, and you're back out on the road coming to uh, to Reno June the 7th over at Cargo. Um, Johannes, what is the sweetest fascination with death? The sweetest fascination with death? I don't know. I was just thinking that we are either we are slightly more... Uh, mentally unstable or healthier <laughs> or both than other people because it's obvious I don't know I always find it healthy in, the, in whatever culture where people deal with it and have a more open conversation about it yeah. seems to be the better way to deal with it you know the Mexicans and their day of the dead and all that sure. that seems great to me yeah, now you didn't start wearing the uh, the makeup. Some folks would call it clown makeup. I, I don't think it's really clown makeup, but uh, you didn't start wearing that stuff until Black Waltz. Is, is that a decision that you that you regret now because of, uh, you know, the uh, is it a pain in the ass to put on or take off or any of that stuff? No, well, those things are minuscule. Everything, everything about doing a show is uh, at the same time the, you know, my favorite thing to do in this world and and all of it is a pain in the butt anyway because <laughs> you know it's sweaty it hurts yeah. it's smelly and without hours so no not really and um, beyond that also it was once we started for it first it was just you know for the sake of that one music video and just okay we'll run with this as long as it makes sense uh, we keep finding angles and reasons artistically has it that it still makes sense to us. How influenced were you by the uh, costumes and makeup of bands like, you know, Kiss or King Diamond or Motley Crue, stuff like that? Uh, Motley Crue, not at all. Uh, to be honest, I'm not a fan. Uh, but uh, Kiss, a lot. And I think that they definitely were among the first to plant that seed in my mind uh, that leads to us being this theatrical group that we are today. And I think it has so much to do with how they are, you know. They were these larger-than-life superheroes, basically. Real-life superheroes. It's kind of like in how what pro wrestling also did to me starting at a very young age. So for that, I have a lot to thank KISS for. And, you know, I do put black paint around my eyes and stick my tongue out so you can figure where <laughs> some of those things come from. So I actually, one of the first things I wanted to be once I got into music and heavy music I wanted to be a singing bass player like Gene Simmons and or Paul McCartney. And so Gene has not hit, hit you with a cease and desist yet, huh? You're not having to uh, send a check to Gene Simmons every month? <laughs> no, and I, I don't know. There are a couple of dogs and cows and that he would have to sue before for sticking their tongue <laughs> out before that. You know, I don't think it works like that. And he wasn't the first one to paint his face anyway. So we're talking a lot about your stage performance influences, but what about some of your more musical influences, like the jazz influence in Ravenwine or the blues influences in Use Your Tongue? Oh, it's from so many different places. I like at, at the very core, what you know, the the musical journey. Again, if we look back at childhood, that set the direction. You, you can draw a very squiggly, confusing line from uh, Beethoven through my parents. I got into classical music as a 
tiny child. I wanted to be a conductor. Then uh, Beatles, also I got introduced through my father and uh, I guess around the age of eight or something. After that, I guess Kiss showed up, for instance, and very quickly that turned into Black Sabbath on one end of the spectrum. And on the other end of the spectrum was Halloween. That, and Halloween was really bad. It made me want to stop cutting my hair. And from there, we just went more extreme. So that was in terms of metal, but for the bluesiness or anything with more mystique in it and atmosphere, I'm a huge Tom Waits fan. I love uh, C6 Eve in terms of blues as well. And, uh, you know, then then you have uh, the classic, like, Muddy Waters and things. I listen to that, too. Just, I don't know, like, again, there would be a lot to mention there, but... Uh, I did play the trombone for many years for, for, for school and gymnasium, like the equivalent of high school. I was in a big band, so I did, I did get to play a lot of that. However, the jazzy parts were not written by me in that song, I should add. Right, right. I just, as, as a jazz aficionado, I just watched and enjoyed while um, Tim and the King figured that out. You know, you guys are pretty theatric. You're known for big theatrics when you uh, when you perform live, as is the band Ghost. Um, how has a band like Ghost helped or hampered the uh, Swedish metal movement as far as opening doors here in the States? Huh, I think, well, there are more, you know, our contemporaries. So... If nothing else, maybe maybe they are, you know, reminding people of Sweden again, but in terms of for metal and spreading that in the world, uh, from Sweden, there are a lot of things, predecessors, you know, you can draw a line all the way back to Europe for that, I guess. Uh, but then through the 90s, you know, we have a lot to thank in Flames for, or At the Gates, and later The Haunted, and now, you know, Opeth. Uh, Meshuggah, there are just so many that I, you know, and I feel we are both us and Ghost in terms of Swedishness are just part of that ongoing flood wave coming from Northern Europe. Uh, But yeah, you know, like I think we we are being paired with each other a lot simply for being from Sweden and also being theatrical act. Right. Uh, So it never hurts, you know, this association that if you, that one band reminds you of the other band and therefore you also think of us. I don't know. I guess it's a good thing. Yeah, you guys are known to have an impressive live show. Tell me about the uh, the live album and how that uh, came about. Well, I think it's something that made sense finally to do. I've been very hesitant for many years if this was something that I would be into doing. Ultimately, the only live album I remember revisiting a million times uh, in my collection was uh, the purples made in Japan and maybe I feel like it peaked there in the 70s the, the idea of a live album but with everything that we are communicating with Avatar Country the album it makes sense now to to document our performance in this period where the story of the band really has been the story about the band and our our audience, our fans, or whatever you want to call it, our citizens of Avatar Country, if you will. So tell so, us about what fans can expect for the uh, live show here on June the 7th at Cargo. Uh, you know, Tell me about the new stage setup and all that stuff. Well, it's, um, again, like Avatar Country is very much a love letter to uh, classic heavy metal. It's, I think it has our most Manowar-esque moments of our career. 
and uh, our stage show reflects that. It's very much over the top. And, and I'm also very excited, I must add that I'm very excited we have put together this extremely, I would say, eclectic package where it's us, then you have the, a two-man band in 68, uh, two-man band in Dance With The Dead, Devin Townsend is with us doing his, you know, an acoustic set. So all these brilliant, extremely different from each other acts that turns it into something we've been trying to do on every leg of touring that we've done for Avatar Countries to create, in one way or another, the sense of a variety show. And yes, it's going to be very, very special. Excited about going to Reno specifically as well. I first visited you guys in um, in the computer game Fallout 2, so I became a boxing <laughs> champion there once in 2001, I guess. So, hell's a poppin'. I saw you guys in Salt Lake City last year. It was amazing. Right. And what was it, I mean, touring like with a freak show? These guys were all awesome. I got to meet them, hang out with them a little bit. Oh, yeah, but we have known each other for years. Like, uh, first time we worked with Bryce was for the Black Wolf music video. So he was, mm-hmm. uh, his presence was instrumental in uh, laying the foundation for what Avatar was becoming in that period. You know, like this circus environment, it's really where the face paint, the clown, or whatever we want to call it, it, it that, is, that was the starting point. And, uh, and that would have come together if we had not met Bryce. So we have known him and uh, the members of Hells Poppin for a bunch of years before this happened. And I do remember first time seeing him shoving a power drill through in his nose and eating glass and all these things, the shock and awe and, and all that. But, you know, whatever you do in life, good or bad, if it happens every day, it becomes your new normal. So being in a band, touring is circus life anyway, and... Uh, and you quickly move past, you know, the, you know, the shock value, the sideshow factor, and you get you, you interact with human beings. Mm-hmm. But it, it was brilliant to be to share stage with them, and we had done it a couple of times in the past. I I learned to have two special crowd reactions that we don't usually get. They have a falling ovation, which is when people faint. Oh. And then they have liquid laughter when people uh, vomit. What's the but yeah, uh, great guys? What's the story on uh, the film Legend of Avatar Country? I know this was a, a kind of a crowdfunded thing, yeah. Yeah, it was, and uh, I think one of the most mind-blowing experiences we have had this far in our careers. Because what basically happens is that so we do Avatar Country, a concept album, and with a full potential for a full story to be told and to be filmed and uh, just the deal that you have with labels and and everything there's you have the economic leg room to in our case we scrape together for three videos is what we have done on all these albums in the past well past three or four whatever albums we had we were kind of in terms of uh, what we could ask labels for in, in commitment we were we were done with shooting, but we felt there was more to do, more that could get done. And like I said, when promoting it, I don't have a golden Ferrari to sell. Uh, and I want to see this finished. And if people agreed with me, we would love their support if they want to see it. Mm-hmm. And some people did, and enough people did that we hit our goal three times over. And 
initially that was just a huge shock real like it, you were we were happy but at the same time it's this the dynamic of that is really strange i'm not even sure if i today can put the right words for it but if you figure that when you do a concert the business side of what we do as a band and stuff is pretty straightforward hey we come and play in your town if you want to see it you buy a ticket and that gives you the mission to this show and we'll do our best to uh, rock your socks off and uh, if you liked it you go home happy and you'll come back next time and that you know as far as money goes in in being an artist it's pretty straightforward but this that people kind of invest in you but not at all having some economical interest or gain from it but they basically invest out of love for what you do mm-hmm. and it's this weird place then where you know cash and love and passion and all those things meet in a way that it was hard to process but ultimately we were incredibly honored and touched and overwhelmed and we did uh, the only right thing we could do which was spend every dollar on the uh, on the shooting of it. Man, for a second, I thought you were going to say we spent every dollar on hookers and blow, but um, <laughs> I'm glad it went toward the movie. Yeah, and, you know, and I filmed that with our phones, and that, that's the film. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of fun questions for you. Uh, if, okay, you, you can only have one candy. What would it be, Swedish fish or Swedish chocolate? Oh, I rarely eat either of those. Swedish fish only exists in the United States. Oh, so it's not a Swedish thing at all. <laughs> no. I've and, been uh, lying Swedish... to you this entire time. Our whole lives. Yes, you have. And all of our... you're not the first one to ask me, and, and I don't blame you. <laughs> but you would be, it's like there's this special kind of, kind of mayo called hamburger dressing that you can buy in Sweden. Yeah. That when I had Americans over, they'd be staring at that tube for so long it has this American flag and a big burger the way you know it, and it's the, the the label has been there since you know the 80s or 70s probably right. since this ancient you know before Swedish stores started to import cherry coke uh-huh. uh, you know so but I have not seen or tasted or smelled anything like it in the US but it's American <laughs> hamburger dressing in Sweden and you like it so, so every country has it yeah, I, I don't eat it anymore because I don't eat egg anymore and it's like a mayo, but uh, I did. That is the taste of when I learned to make burgers at home as a kid. That is what I use. Okay, interesting. So who would win in a street fight between Avatar and Meshuga? Ooh, I've seen them. They have, They, I think many of them outweigh us. But we, I, you know, we have some good reach. You know, I'm six foot four. And Jonas is not that far behind. And, you know, we're not in our 20s anymore, <laughs> yeah. but we still have an age advantage. So so you might uh, need some backup. So think about maybe being in middle school. You had to pick your own kickball team. If, if you could if you could pick it, if you could pick a band to be on your street fighting team and you and you can only choose between the guys in In Flames and Opeth, who would you pick so you would have a leg up over the uh, heavy dudes in Meshuggah? Oh, I think, oh, they are both incredibly out of shape. <laughs> I was going to throw Marilyn Manson. I would say I, I've spent much more time with and hung out way more with guys in Flames, so that just uh, lays the foundation of uh, of good team communication. Okay, yes. So they are really great guys. And actually, since they did some uh, switch some members, 
they have a couple of Americans in there now that are way younger. So again, you get that spunk from them. So it would have to be inflamed. Are you afraid of Americans? Uh, well, <laughs> no. But <laughs> you do carry more guns than we do in certain parts. Like, uh, and uh, I don't know. There, there, there. When I read news about uh, about the states, there seems sometimes to be more crazy things happen. Nothing to be afraid of. You just have to be smart. Yeah, I'm always uh, curious about the optics that the rest of the world has the U.S. in, especially, you know, with Trump in the White House and the the, the, the crazy political climate. How does the rest of the world view us? And I mean, you've, you're a world traveler now. What do you think? Well, it all depends. Like, the thing, my perspective is shaped from that we have spent so much time in the States. And, I, and, and aside from Alaska and Hawaii, I can't think of many play, any place that we haven't played in yet. And you know, spend some time met people. So, I actually have a fairly multifaceted picture <laughs> of the United States and and all sides of it. You know, from the from the liberal Californian to the to the guys down in Texas, and you know, and uh, it's a big question, and I don't know how lighthearted it is. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there are many aspects. Okay, one one thing that is fun. Let's take one thing that is fun to me is how. If they on TV in the states, if they sell a product to mainly to a male demographic, they will use the same voice as they use on Swedish television to sell uh, toys to children. Really? Yeah, the voice of you know Optimus Prime is fighting for justice <laughs> and right way and Ninja Turtles and here's a re- remote control car, boom, 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 and that is how you you know sell sell things to an adult male demographic in the United States. Yeah. And I try not to put any value in it. You know, you guys do you. Uh, but it's, it's, it's a crazy thing to see this, you know, that's like, I don't know, it's a great parrot on YouTube at some point of energy drinks, like, get energy, energy. And that is, that is a thing that every time, like, just instead of, you know, like I, these stores, the hardware stores, again, the power drill. And in Sweden, hey, hey, this is a hole in the wall, hey? And they have some Swedish fish. And in the States, is drill a hole, turn everything down, men build. And I don't know the need for that. And I don't know how much manlier you feel for buying that after. I don't know what you are, what you are scared about learning about yourself. And, and getting, you know, like even the commercials, you're not allowed to get you know, in touch with your more sensitive side. Well, ever since the know. Brits kicked us out, man, we've kind of had this weird inferiority complex, oh. so I think maybe that's the background of it. <laughs> yeah, but now isn't it the opposite? Now it's a superiority complex? Sure, it may, maybe, know? yeah. I mean, we, we over-project that superiority complex just to make up for the, the true underlying inferiority complex that really <laughs> exists, right? Might be. Um, I think one thing is I, I just know how... And I don't, I, I won't, I, I won't, and I can't say which which way is the right way. But children in school in the states are told, in one version or another, you're being told you can be anything, and which is great, you know, which makes kids aspire to greater goals and believe in themselves and stuff. Uh, that's the positive side of it. But and I remember being told as a kid in school you're fine just the way you are. Some more, you know, well, you have missed, you had Mr. Rogers there for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, 
but I feel like that ingrained more what we what what we were told as children. Uh, and as you can become anything uh, again I don't know which which one is better which is right which is wrong because what happens if you don't become anything or that thing or like and not everyone can be an astronaut you know mm-hmm. yeah or and maybe and like and if this implied you can become anything which means you have to make a big great career or otherwise something is wrong with you you can't be too content and happy with uh, the more humble existence. I, I guess that's the risk of the backside of it. Yeah, no, that makes total know, sense. It, but it's all very, very complex. And like I, I've learned, because yeah, I have more prejudices about the States before going there. And I thought I knew more about the United States before I started to spend more time there. Yeah. You know, and of course it was fun in the beginning because I'm a huge, huge South Park fan and everything <laughs> turned out to be true. <laughs> which was which was great and fantastic, a uh, fantastic experience. But you know, of course, the more the more time I spent, it's just it's more complex than that, and more aspects and more different kind of people that I met and befriended, and also that you know I have Trump voting friends and non-Trump very Trump hating friends among my American friends. Yeah, you know, so I see the whole spectrum, and uh, and I also, you know, in a conversation like this, I try always to balance it because there's a if I, I, so so tricky with politics, especially when we talk the politics of your country, because it's you're so big and powerful, it influences what's going on in the European Union and our corner of the world and everything. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easier or it's more by default that you form your opinions about. U.S. elections compared to Belgian elections, although Belgium is much, much closer to where I live. Uh, at the same time, if I would go now to a concert here in where I live and an American band would stand and preach from stage about, uh, about how I should vote in our upcoming election, I might leave, you know? Yeah. And, and, I tried, and I really want to respect that it that that goes both ways. Uh, I so I'm trying to be very humble and careful and respectful in public with political discussions. I I, I love to talk values and the ideas behind whatever policies you're into and stuff. But I like prefer to keep it on a theoretical level where it's more constructive and where I can respect the fact that I'm a guest in your house when I come over and play. No, that's cool. So uh, when I went to your show in Salt Lake City, I go to a lot of shows. I'm kind of a metalhead punk chick, you know. There's not always a lot of women at, at shows, but yours had a lot. And, I mean, why do you think the chicks dig you, man? I think it's just a change in general in in metal and everywhere else. I don't know, like, I think uh, when we hit uh, more... when thing, As things become more equal between the genders, the self-empowerment, strong individualism, and the and just the fact that you can allow yourself to through express yourself through aggression and those things that are in more extreme music, it becomes more, it, you know, it becomes something more uh, valid, or I don't know if that's the right word for it, for, for girls and women to take part of just as much as the guys. I think that is a big change. Uh, I, I, like, just think, just think, 
what used to be treehouse clubs in general, whether people, you know, jugglers send people doing card magic to extreme music and everything in between those things. I think just it's those, those expressions are leaving the treehouse, the comic book world or whatever, you know, and vice versa, which what used to be, I don't know what would be a good equivalent of the treehouse analogy for girls, but you know what I mean, you know? Yes. Well, the slumber party is now multi-gender as well, I feel. Like, we are removing those boundaries on, like, this is guys' music by the power drill, you know? <laughs> and metal is moving away from that. Yeah. yeah. So, it, it, it's, it's, so I think that that is what I feel, because I also notice, I have noticed the same in many countries. So, over here, when we played, we just finished up a, another European leg here. Uh, and I feel, especially in the younger layer of our audience, it's more cut, it's straight in the middle between girls and boys. Mm-hmm. So it's the, the new additions to the metal scene, it's, it's more evenly divided. Or perhaps it's simpler than that. Perhaps because you guys are, are crazy individuals and put on a crazy show, you attract crazy women like Jesse over here. <laughs> it might just be your accent, though. I don't know. Or it could be the accent. Maybe the they're accent. in love with your yeah. accent. Who knows? I yeah, but, you know, insanity knows no gender. So, yeah, we are all very, very sick people who need all the help we can get, and that, that I think is valid for men and women equal. That's true. Hey, Johannes, we have taken up way too much of your time. I really appreciate you spending a good half an hour with us here today, man. Thank you very much. Yeah, Looking I, forward to the cargo. Now, I, I, And I know you're an anti-egg dude, but uh, if I brought a couple of uh, beers backstage, would you have a, sit down and have a beer with us? Uh, well, I don't drink on tour. Oh, you don't drink on tour? <laughs> well, that's probably smart. That's probably smart. <laughs> We do have a lot yeah, of legal yeah. dispensaries here, CBD? so I don't know if you CBD partake soda? in the uh, CBD sodas, yeah. but... Uh, oh, they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I, I, I'm not fun to be around on tour. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. Hey, thanks again for well, the call. We will uh, catch up soon here in much. Reno, and if you guys have got any time, we'll uh, give you a little, a little quick tour of Lake Tahoe. How about? That sounds great. All that right. I do on tour. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, take it easy. Have a great day. Bye-bye.